Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. to the block it's your girl red i'm back it's been a long time i am sorry but life happens shit happens all the time you already know how it happens in the podcast world but this one this episode's a little special guys because i got my mommy my mommy's on the block say hi mom hi mom no don't say (laughs) goofy just goofy well thank you for you know being open to doing this i know this is different for you it is, and thank you for having me. Of course. Hey, thank you for having me. No problem. Boom. Man, no check, problem. <laughs> check that right. out. So, okay, I'll I'll give my introduction of, of who you are to me. So, okay. my, this is my mom. I, I call her Jackie B, my Dukes, moms, mommy, my, whatever, any, any you know, colorful, great thing that I can call her, I'm going to call her that. Me and my mom talk every day. Every day. I don't like if, it, if even if it's not FaceTime, if it's just a text, if it's just a you know she calls me from work or I call her while I'm working. It's some kind of communication happening between the two of us. So I'm grateful for that because a lot of people don't have that kind of relationship with any of their parents, let alone their mother. So I'm grateful for that. My mom is um, everybody calls her the the cool mom. Well, let me tell you, let's put an asterisk next to that because, you know, growing up, a cool mom to us would be the mom that'll let you do pretty much whatever you're comfortable with doing, cussing, drinking, fornicating, whatever you, long as it was, you know, they could, you know, the, the, the hood hookup, you know, as long as they in my house, I would rather them do it in here than to go out there on, you know, that, my mama ain't that. 
not at all. She 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 was not that at all. My mom's cool, but she she's cool with levels. Like don't get it twisted. At any given time, she will she will kick your ass. So and that's just a given vivid memory of you know me and Whitney just growing up. That's my best friend, and we would be in church. And I remember one time Whitney said something to you. Yeah, it was so I don't even know what it was, but I knew I know my mom, and I knew then I was a kid, and I was like, "Witch, you better run." But my mama probably could have been a quarterback because she hit her like while she was moving, like she you, she took her shoe off and literally threw it, and while Whitney was in mid stride, it like hit her bow. So yeah, you was she's precise. She don't play like she's. You can talk to her about anything, anything, anything. And, P- and and a lot of our friends have test have a test to that, and have you know known that to be very true. That she's just she's open, but she she don't she don't take no shit. And so if y'all have been listening to Banshee's Block for as many years as I've been doing, it's going on five in August. That's crazy. Wow, that is crazy. Five years. Yeah. That's nuts. But for like you know the whole time y'all have known me, y'all didn't really you know get to know you know my mom and yeah I have my brother on here and my sister a couple times and stuff like that. So I just figured me and my mom we have real authentic conversations pretty much about everything. And even like not even just like because I'm an adult, but because she's just always made sure that, you know, comfortable with, you know, the things that you're thinking, you're feeling and stuff like that. And over the years we've we've tested her to you know They have. And I just wanted to what I've always told my kids is there was not a book given to me when it came to raising my children. And uh basically I raised my children, um uh, after my divorce with the help of the good Lord and my mother. I had a good uh, foundation and my mother raised us. And so I basically took pages from that book to raise my kids. And one of the other things that I told my kids, I said, you know, I'm not perfect. So anything that I miss when you have children, fix it. I think we should be constantly uh, improving. And killing demons and, you know, just trying to make people better. Make so, a better quality of human yeah, beings. And, and, if I've, and I feel like I've done that with all three of my children. I am very blessed and very fortunate. Uh, they're, they're mine, but they're good people. They have Thanks. good heads on their shoulders. Uh, they care about each other. And I love the relationship that they have. But they also care about people. They care about their friends. And they're very grounded which means a lot because in today's time there are so many kids out here that are raising themselves and mm-hmm. acting a damn fool and it with is, little to no guidance yeah, and, and it blows my mind and, and one of the things that i cannot tolerate will not tolerate <laughs> is a disrespectful child amen <laughs> i just don't because i will lose my shit yeah. uh with a disrespectful child i did not put up with that from mine are their friends and so I just can't see myself dealing with that with any child that I run into I just think it's disrespectful overall because just like in the, in the scheme of what you just said your mother depending on the kind of person that she is because I, I can only speak from my my point of view of what a mother is your mother carries you for nine months you know, she made sure that she was healthy. She, while feeding herself, she's feeding you. She's, you know, taking care of you inside of her. And just, just thinking about that, 
is, is it speaks to the kind of person that the woman could become because not even not every woman that carries a child is a mother right because right. it takes more than to just carry and house a kid you have to you have to be hands-on you have to be in tune you have to be with your kids in order to be a mother now there's there's people like you know here recently since it's 2020 you know the moms are starting to take a page from the the step the the deadbeat moms would take a page from the deadbeat dads where they were like you know just as easy as daquan got up and was like i ain't taking care of these kids she gonna do the same shit because some people it's just it's self over everybody even their own kids they would still pick themselves and i think a part of being a mother and a parent is a part of being selfless well and knowing where i work um, yeah, we ain't going into that. I see it every day, and where it used to be a man and a woman problem, now you know women are trifling, mm-hmm. and they are not taking care of their children. Uh, Kentucky, just a little background, is one of the lowest AFDC states, and I think it's sad that we have not killed enough demons to get people to be more responsible. Uh, I think when you are dating, potentially dating, looking, you have to get to know that person. But what we tend to do is it, we fall in the bed. It's just you're going back based off of physical yeah. attraction. And if if but you don't get to know that Sally was irresponsible. Sally don't pay her rent on time. She ain't got no food she in the house. Play. She don't. You know she cares more about her parents. And then you get her pregnant or. Well, why all of a sudden is she going to become this this upstanding responsible person that's got a, another child inside of her that she needs to take care of if she was irresponsible when you met her nine times out of ten she's going to keep being irresponsible because babies aren't magical you have to get to know that person uh, because she, Raising a child is a hard job. Yeah, it's a, it's something that should be taken seriously. It should, but where I work, uh, you know, like I said, it used to be a man and woman, but now there are enough females that are walking away from their children that are not being mothers that don't care, you know, whether they eat, sleep, who they with. Um, you know, over the last ten years, there's been so many kids that have been murdered by boyfriend, living boyfriends, and you're leaving your child with someone that you don't know shit about. And they only care about you. They don't care about and, your and they kids don't care anything. About you like, because, well, yeah, no. Like there, yeah. some people like when they do stuff like that. It's a, it's a selfish act. It's right. this kid is getting in between right. what could be between just the two of right. us. So if I can eliminate, that's why I'm saying you gotta, like you said, there's conversations. That's have to be there's, there's had. steps to it but there's we levels. live in a microwave age and and they used to say that when i was coming up but it's we want everything now, now. it's you know, real quick we got instant we got instapots and mm-hmm. and insta you know everything everything is instagram like, and so we want everything it's grub hub. you gotta think it's yeah. grub hub you don't even have to leave your house to go through the drive-thru just make just it, to go through making the you as lazy as hell but and it's also nuts because i don't even know if i mean i'm pretty sure that my listeners that's like you know major cities grub hub right. is probably a great it, thing it, so it, it has and, its place but i just me personally 
I'm not once I put in my order that I would regularly leave my house right. to go get and I would put in my order and then I would see like thirty dollars. Yeah. I get my ass up and I go get, get in, in the car, car because I'm not gonna pay nobody fifteen dollars that I can just get up and you know what I'm saying? Everything I we had this well, I had this talk with my niece yesterday yeah. about how how our how we were brought up is different right. from where she is now. Right. So 2000 99 2000 that's when you know chat rooms was popping we was we (laughs) def jam used to have a a chat room yahoo i met zay off of yahoo messenger um and which that's how i met my best friend crazy but i was telling her i was like we had to actually get up out mm-hmm. of the bed, go to your family and our computer room as it used to be called right. back in yes. the day. Yes, you was. had to get on the physical PC, yeah. hook right. up your internet, and guess what? Yeah. Your parents knew when you was on the internet because yeah. when they called the phone and they couldn't get through, yeah. get your black ass off the internet. Like it was a dead giveaway. I said, right. now everything is literally at your fingertips. I said, it's dangerous. It is. I said, I can't even imagine what kind of person I would have been had I been born in on this side of time versus you I know I think that we are crippling the children of today yes. and of tomorrow. We are <laughs> crippling them because they don't know how to interact with each other. They have social they skills. have to have a phone, a, a tablet, uh, they a have to have some type something. of something and you know our our parents put us outside. Yeah. We we made up games, you know. We ran basketball, football, you know. I think we that with we us. interacted with each other yeah. with neighborhood it, kids. Right. Like it literally you knew the kids like, in the neighborhood, but yeah. today you don't know the kids in your neighborhood. You cannot look a person in the eye mm-hmm. and talk to them. You have to have a phone that you're looking down. And it's amazing to me that uh chiropractors and, and doctors that yeah, deal with your you know your nose and throat silent. you know because your your head is constantly down looking mm-hmm. at your phone and some people don't have people skills to the point where they can actually interact and talk. I could I could text you everything. Yeah, but I couldn't but, actually but just verbalize to look at you and say it, I you, you get lost in your words. Right. And I think that we are crippling our kids because we're not teaching them people skills. Right. <coughs> outside of like social media like it's easy to well for me i feel like it's it's easier to interact on the internet than in in for person to person now right i'm i'm good either way like right. i'm we can interact face to face we can do text we can do i'm still i gotta be able to i think you have to be well yeah you, you gotta should be, be well versed that yeah. you can communicate with people on on different levels because you know the united states is such a big melting pot and you are running into and across so many different people from so many different places and so you have to find a way to communicate with them you know so that you'll know where they're coming from and they'll know where you're coming from but we lose track of that because our faces, our, our fingers are always on that phone. Yeah. We're, we're always, you know, texting. And, In tune with and, something else. And whoever came up with email, it was one of the worst people <laughs> living because I hate emails. And I'm that person that rather get up and say, hey, you know, I saw this, 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 and this, yeah. you know, because I like to communicate. Yeah, I like to talk. Hands-on. 
and a lot of people don't like to to talk and but that's something that i feel like it's one of my strong suits is that i think it's something i got from you yeah i like to talk to people and try to i almost sometimes used to feel like olivia pope i, I feel like the fixer, <laughs> he was a fixer. You know, it's you, handled you had to fix it you know yeah. you had to you know go after it and try to figure out you know how is the best way to approach something yeah and we don't have those skills anymore because the parent i feel like it's because the parents don't have those skills it's hard for you to pass down something that you don't like that's not normal to to you but see when we were coming up okay my mom worked two jobs so i had we all had to grow up i'm the youngest of six kids so we all had to grow up fast you had to learn how to cook clean do laundry you know how to take care of yourself do you know you had to learn all of those things and kids today you know, there's a lady that I work with. She said her 14-year-old daughter, I just showed her how to do laundry. And I'm like, what? At 14? At 14? But see, we, we... we I at least know how to separate at 14. We spoil our kids, which is fine. Spoiling the neighbor. I feel like it, it's... Spoiling and enabling. It's a yes. fine line between fine spoiling line. and then enabling the it kid. It is. But, yeah. but here's the thing. Life is short, and you want to give your kids the tools. Right to be able to be self-sufficient you know i've always told my kids i said you never i never want you to be dependent on another human body that's right i think i felt i I picked up on that and i learned that after my divorce and you drove at home like i i'm not i'm not kidding i'm pretty sure i've said this on an episode in the past or something like that but it's it's very true that the reason why now y'all get to get an insight of like who who red really is who thug is like y'all get to see this because my mom like when you hear her talk you could damn near hear me talk and some of the stuff that she's right. already instilled in me where it was like you literally hey you you have to yeah. you have to it's not anybody else's job right. to nobody else sure. is going to it is your job it what is. do you want it ain't about like you know you can't and it was after it, when we got older and could comprehend right. more you would tell us it was like you don't depend on no man for nothing and that doesn't when men hear that they hear that as like you're not needed right well now here's the now here's the part in this part need and want mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a there's difference. a huge difference right. i need to you know do a lot of stuff right but when it comes and that's when it's a need i feel like that's just on a personal level that's what i have to do now anything outside of a need is a want and i feel like anybody outside of me those are the wants so i'm always going to want you right i'm not always going to need you there will be times where you will be needed but i i want a man that understands like if you leave today don't get it twisted because I'm a cancer. I, I am emotional. I'm going to be crushed. Right. But do not get it twisted, sweetheart. My life does not stop because right. you're no longer right. here. I'm going to heal and keep it pushing. It's a process. And, uh, you know, I've shared with my kids and, and people that know me that, uh, you know, when I got married, I thought that it was going to be forever. And when the time that I was brought up, you saw, you know, the mother and father in the household and they were working together. They had one common goal and nobody you never saw 
the other side of that pillow you never saw that there was arguments there were there were money issues there were time constraints you never saw any of those things so when those things popped up in my relationship it took me for a loop and I'm like oh my god what is this but when I was going through my divorce you know I had a lot to to deal with Um, she was pregnant I found out that I was pregnant with Erica. Wow. Uh, it, was the, it, was, it was the quickest pregnancy on record because, hey. you know, going through a divorce is a very emotional time and I'm being transparent. And we appreciate um, it. It was a very emotional time, you know, losing my hair, losing weight, you know, just trying to, to keep, you know, Tony and, and Keisha, you know, on point. And then I was laying in bed one night. And it was almost like uh, Macaulay Hawkins, you know, <laughs> home alone. when he ju- home alone. You know, he, he laid in the middle of the bed, and all of a sudden he woke up, hollered, "Ah!" Because she kicked me, and I was like, "Oh my God!" You know, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" So the next morning, I got up and I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, "Oh, Miss Marker, congratulations! You're five and a half, five and a half. What? What?" And I was like, "Shit." So then I had to, of course, call a husband that I'm divorcing or whatever to tell him, uh, hey, um, hey yeah, by the way, uh, somebody else coming uh, up next in, in four months, <laughs> give or take, you know, uh, congratulations, you're going to be a daddy again. And, you know, um, anybody that's gone through a divorce, it's it. I don't know of too many people that have gone through divorces that it's been pleasant because it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so to tell him that and then have to still deal with the fact of moving forward with this divorce. Okay. So, you know, we got divorced. I had Erica by myself. Uh, Like I said, my mom was there or whatever, but it's always been she and I. And years later, uh, her and her father are are working on, and I'm happy about it, their relationship. But it's been yeah. she and I. It it uh, kicked. Hey, to get to that point, to get to like that happened last year. But to get to that, like I vividly remember that day and that emotional breakdown. It was like God in the universe busted in my room. Was like we've had enough. Okay, that's enough of you trying to. You know what I'm saying? Carrying this pain, carrying this hate, carrying this misunderstanding, and it's time out for that. And it literally broke me. Like I was sobbing, and I couldn't figure out. Well, wow. and, and it was it was funny because you know I still learn social media and all these things, <laughs> and so anyway, uh, my ex husband is is a minister, and uh, he would send us morning scriptures every morning, and and I had talked to a friend of mine, and you know he basically said, well, Jackie, why do you still accept these? scriptures every morning from him and I you know I never thought about it and God places people in your lives for many different reasons and so that one morning the scripture came through and I was reading it and I'm like you know what so I sent I I sent my ex-husband a text I said you know what I said the God that I serve says that if you have a problem with someone you're supposed to go to that person and fix it I said you cannot be true to your calling until you fix the relationship that you don't have with your children. So until you can handle that, please do not don't, don't any longer send me a scripture. And of course, you know, he said, I appreciate that. I'm sorry. And I wasn't trying to hurt his feelings, but it was I'm, just more you know, like bringing it to you. Uh, uh, I, I want us to know, stop man. thinking that we have forever. We don't. Because we don't. And, and life is a precious gift. And I raised three wonderful adult I want him 
to know his children the way that I know them. And, you know, God does everything decently and in order. Mm-hmm. And so they're working on it. They, they stay in contact with each other, you know, and that's all I've ever wanted was him to know his children the way that I do. Because it used to piss him off, and it probably still does that I say this. I used to say, my kids. Because that's how they're, they're my kids. Because yeah. I was there, I raised them, you know, I was there to answer questions, try to answer questions and do the best that I could with what I had. Also, what was great about you, Mom, was that you weren't one of those women that. A, use her kids as as bargaining tools to, you know, control the person that you thought that you wanted to be with. But also when with with Tony being, you know, that you're a woman and he's going to he became a man. There were certain questions and stuff that you weren't going to be able to answer for him as a man. But you made sure that it was somebody of of good sense and structure, i.e. John Henderson. Yes. Shout out to him. But John that was Henderson. that was my brother's big brother. Yeah. Like mom put us in well, we grew up we grew up in the church. That was the base of our structure was church. You, you church, you go to school, that was that was it. After church we going to grant yeah. it was always it was some church. Oh we got after you the six o'clock services tonight, right. we got to go back to church church choir. Yeah. We were everybody sung in the choir. You, you have to have that kind. foundation. And you know what? And I'm thankful for that foundation because I was able I feel like everything that's crazy everything that God does is indecent and in order we don't understand it so most of my life I've pretty much been practicing for what I'm doing right now that's nuts because I wasn't even you don't think about it you're just going along with it I met my best friends at church like the best you know people meet their best friends in school i didn't like those people they're around but they're not around in the same capacity as the people that i grew up in in christ with so to speak like that's how me and whitney you know met that's how i met boogie that's how i met p like that's how i met most of the friends that i still have to this day 20 years later and had it not been for the structure and for you putting us in those programs to be around to learn how to interact with other kids to basically learn how to be a kid because yeah. you don't know anything until you like you know we on the playground or we going on a field trip or something like that and it was just you gave us the structure and when you didn't have the answers for us you always found a reference a source of reference to be like i i don't have that answer right but i know who can get you that answer you know i grew up in a church uh Bethesda, Scotts Memorial Baptist Church on Southern Avenue. And I was I, I was brought up in that church. I was there till I was in my early what? 20 late 20s. Late 20s. Late 20s because I've been a member of Canaan for 36 years. Mm-hmm. And so when I was having my children and uh, got introduced, because when I was still at Scotts Memorial Bethesda, I was going through the motions. I was not focused on the things that I needed to be focused on. And God doesn't play fair all the time, but he knows what he does and he does everything decently in order. So because I was still going to church, I was sleeping, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't paying attention. I was in a stereotypical black Baptist church. And that's one of the things that my pastor, Walter Ballone, always said. He never wanted to be a stereotypical black Baptist church. And so when he left First Gethsemane and started a church, they were having choir rehearsal across the street from my mother. 
and Classic. he came over and he sat and talked to me and my mom and my siblings and invited us to service and my very first service at Canaan was the Lord's Supper and I was so impressed and proud to see black men in black suits white shirts ties and white gloves serving the Lord's Supper serving the Lord and it spoke so much to me that I think that Sunday I joined and I started to stay in the church that I had been comfortable in and I was raised in, but I moved. And when I moved, my mother moved and all of my siblings that were here, we all joined Canaan Christian Church, Canaan Baptist Church at the time. And I missionary, said all, missionary Baptist Church. Canaan and I, and I said all of that because <laughs> when I was having my children, they had programs. They had a rites of passage program. Well, we had the black um, and the black yes. dresses on. With they the, with taught the them about their history. Uh, it was it was part of the foundation for them. And then we they created a big brothers and big sisters ministry. And so, like Erica was saying, with Tony, with my girls, I I knew what their body was going to go through, what they were going to experience. But having, trying to raise a young man, because a lot of people don't think that a woman can raise a man, and I disagree. She can. Uh, It was a lot of things that I didn't know. I didn't know what his body was going through, what he was experiencing. But God blessed us and placed John Henderson as my son's big brother. And when I tell you John was a godsend, because he he didn't cut any corners. He he was open and honest with Tony. And Tony ended up being his best man at his wedding. Uh, I never ran men in and out of my house, but I tried mm-hmm. to keep positive male role models for them, and I tried to be a positive role model for my daughters. You were not perfect, but trying to be what I know that God wanted me to be, and what I saw from my mother. Uh, and I just hope that all of that, I think all of that instilled the morals that they have. None of us are perfect. We're not. No. Because uh, anybody that knows me and my children, you know, they know that we're not. But, <laughs> but hey, y'all, y'all listen it's, to it's, it. It's okay. You know, because. It and that's, you know what? And that's the, the beautiful thing about the relationship that you and I have is that it's, um, it's open. And. When I tell y'all that I can come to my mama about anything and I have and I can I will continue to for as long as God will allow it, I'm going to do that because that's always you make sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't anything like you're not coaching us or coasting us to go a certain way that you right. wanted us to go. It was more like, okay, I I mean this is what I would like, but this really is going to, to come down to what you want to do and what you're comfortable with. But you know, and I just had this conversation. Uh, I'm the person that people call for advice and information. And, and like I said, God sometimes doesn't play fair because sometimes in the midst of having these conversations with, with your friends you or take your work associates advice. or whatever, he's, he's speaking to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I just had this conversation with someone. I said, you know, we have to give our children and adults more information. You had to explain stuff you, more. Because, see, when I was coming up, okay, my mother was, because my mother was from the South. Or my, so my mother's. Alabama. She said, you know, when it came time to having sex, don't do it. That was it. <laughs> don't do what? Huh? 
What? Ma'am, don't do it. Don't do what, though? And not knowing that you have to be careful how you say that to kids. Because, you know, a part of my small, young life, I thought sex was wrong. Oh, yeah. I did. Because it's like, you don't do it. Don't do it. You know, and you didn't give any any additional information about it. So it was like, oh, don't. That was uh, it. Okay. And for me, to pause your story, and from my perspective, it was, you know, don't don't do it because you could get pregnant. Right. So it was like, oh, shit, I ain't trying to have no kids. Yeah, right. you don't leave that. See, my mother's from the South, and they didn't talk about sex, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and maybe this is more information than I need to put out there because I really honestly believe that people that were brought up in that era, they still had sex with their clothes on. It, oh, it, was, yeah. it was dark. Right. Uh, right. You it know, you didn't night. talk about it. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing is, you know, I, I, I just had this conversation because I, I, I and I'm not, okay. <laughs> so I come in contact with people and um, sex comes up. There are married people that I talk to that are just roommates. Yeah. Uh, There's no intimacy. There is no sharing. There's no love. There's no caring. They're just going through the motion because they've gotten comfortable and lax. And be single. But I tell, I said, you know what? Relationships are work. Yeah. And you can't get, should not get comfortable or complacent. No. Because what someone else won't do, but you won't do, someone else will. Right. I said, and then know, some people take that and be like, "Well, let them have." But then, right. what the but moment they go do that here's shit, it's you like, can't be mad at nobody when the shit hits the fan. I mean, because it's bound and, and it goes it goes both ways. It goes yeah. this way because I just talked to a woman, and she's the man in the relationship. Crazy. You know, she's the man because. Here's the guy, and he's complimenting you. You look nice, baby. You know, can I do this? Can I do this? And you and she's taking all of this stuff for granted. Like that's what. And I said, baby, fair exchange ain't a robber. You know, when you see your man, you be like, baby, you look good. You spend. What do you want? Is that you know? Is that you? They need to be appreciated. Also, I say that I I I had that conversation. You know, previously, and I, I told him I was like, you know people get this i don't know what this notion is that they have now where in relationships the woman's the only it's person that's it's unhappy no, no, and that can't be no. the case because you know how you know we're so quick so you know ah men ain't shit right now don't get it twisted there's an right. asterisk next to that because right. a lot of these motherfuckers ain't shit right. i'm sorry mama just is what right. it is get my pass but <laughs> right but they not but it, that's not the case and i told him i was like you're not the only like you deserve some happiness out of this too and so while you're while you keep pacifying and in in, in a way enabling right. this person's behavior you're losing yourself because you're not happy but you keep trying to do everything to make them happy i, that's work, not with, I work with two ladies excuse me and this was one lady is the the man in the relationship she said well he's supposed to compliment me and he's supposed i said well baby why can't you do the same for right. him you know and yet here's another person that I work with and she's like I would trade places with you because I want my husband to be to give me something more you know affectionate right. you know and, and I need women to do better because uh, women and men because I have a t-shirt made and the t-shirt says it ain't them it's us and it is it is it is, it is. because in relationships are, are just 
situations, period. A person can only do to you what you allow them to do. Because you're telling them how to respect you and how to treat you. If you want more attention and affection, you then you it. have to communicate that. Because a lot of times what I come to find out is we assume that that person knows how we feel, where we're coming from. Yeah. Never make that assumption. Yeah. Open your mouth and use your words. Baby, hey, can we spend some time together? Because it does not make sense, you know, because everybody says that there's someone for everyone. I disagree. You think it's a myth? It, it is a myth. Okay. And I say that based on the fact that I talk to a lot of people. And uh, like I said, a lot of people are just coexisting under the same roof with each other. Or just coexisting in a relationship. You're not happy. You, you know, but you you're comfortable. You ain't dead happy. You ain't you're, worried you're about being happy. And because dating today is hard. Because it's the trash. dating pool for a black female. Trash. It, it is because, because he's coming with too much baggage. Well, that's the, that's the thing. Like people, what it what it's become is like when men like men want to feel like that they are the prize. Right. So whatever they bring to the table, you have to be. Hey, I got a, I got three baby moms. The, the you sad deal thing with that. is the sad thing is because of the shortage of black men to date and are marry. You know, there's seven or eight females to every man. And it might even be more. Yeah. And I say that because the dating pool, they're 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 gay, they're in prison, they're on download, they're on the download, <laughs> they're married in a lover's relationship. Yeah. You know, so but we can't find our words or our balls to step away from, from something bullshit. that is not good for us. Exactly. I'm not staying nowhere that the love, the affection, the attention, none of that is that. there because I know me as a person. Right. And you're walking around in a relationship that you're unhappy and why? For what? It's like stupid as time. hell. Right. It makes no sense. It blows people my do mind. That. I feel like people get in those things and they really feel like there's no exit. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, they, they feel like, well, this is, I ain't sharing my pension. Listen, uh, he leaves, she leaves, they leave, but nobody's leaving. So therefore, y'all walking around, uh, the water bills do. I, <laughs> uh, what we need at the grocery. We need such and such and such, but it it's n it's not there, it and it's no lacking. It's lacking so much. There's no love. There's no affection. There's no attention, and it's sad that we are not strong enough mentally, emotionally, to step out there and take that chance. So because yeah. of all of those things, I disagree that yeah. there is someone for everybody. Because they get meaner that goes around on Facebook. It was like I bet my you know my soulmates yes. uh, in you know in a marriage yes. or a relationship that they're yes. not even happy and yes. some shit like that. That's but, that's what happens. But then okay, so let's tie in church because we've had this conversation offline too. So you know my gripe as far as how how they present relationships to us right. women in church right. it hasn't changed and that's the problem because what it comes down to is that they just really feel like you know as women it's all about the pain that you can endure in well, order to feel like you're worthy enough here's the thing. for marriage uh, when my mom was coming up she came up in an era that you stayed yeah, no you matter stayed what. no matter what he could cheat he can uh, hit you. He can beat your ass. He can do all of those things. But you better not And you way. have to stay. You have to grin and you have to bear it. Bullshit. Yeah. Because I made a conscious decision because of 
the way that my mom and other women we as women are raised to be nurturers yeah. we're raised to to you know get married have kids take care of the household take the care of everything we were raised to do all of those things we have a brain yeah and we need not be afraid to use it and you know if 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 the situation is not working out for you then leave but you got folks out here that want to whoop your ass and think that you got to accept it and like it. I'm not of that mindset because here's my thing. I've never understood you beat my ass. You tell me, get out and go in there and fix me something. Motherfucker, you don't want to hear shit <laughs> that, I'm about, that I'm about to cook because this will be your last meal. I'm going to see too. I said, you know what? Okay, well, you're going to come in here and you're going to fuck me. Okay, and it'll be the last fuck that you have because I will fuck you so well okay. and I'll bury your ass about your body. Okay, I'm are. but it is what it is that's such bullshit and women need to find their voice and 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 you know i hear women all the time say i can't i can't do it by myself it's a fucking lie you don't let nobody man fuck you, you like have that too and I, i'm like because it, from, from my point of view it's like why would you want to force somebody to stay with you that doesn't Here's want to be i'm with not you. saying that it's easy it is very hard but a lot of times it's so necessary because your kids pick up you know you think that you're hiding something from your children and at the end of the day they become dysfunctional adults because they've seen y'all go through all of this bullshit Mm -hmm. for nothing and then you have a a woman that is now an adult looking at you and and not necessarily respecting you because you stayed and took that ass whooping and that child not knowing that she felt like she had no other choice but she had to do it so that you could become who you are at this point yeah. it's a vicious cycle uh, it doesn't make any sense to me uh, we just gotta you you have to I feel like it really comes down to like wanting better for yourself it's a self esteem issue yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't love ourselves we look for love validation and other from people. relationships yeah. and, and, and men and women with women and whatever your 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 choice may be we, that's where we look for our love but if you don't love yourself i've had to find out at a very early age how to love me yeah. uh when i was going through my divorce you know i, I my head space wasn't there I, I you know and my brother-in-law told me <laughs> he said uh you're going to have to accept anybody that will look at you. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> he said, because you are a young single mom now with three children, nobody is going to want you. I could have allowed that to mind fuck me, mm-hmm. but instead it, it encouraged me to find me what Jackie likes, what Jackie doesn't like, what Jackie's willing to put up with, what she, you know, I had to find me. And so, I, years down the road I called him and told him thank you <laughs> because it could have been bad right it could have it's it, one of the it, things it could have went either it way could've, it could have really been a bad thing uh, but I thought more of myself and I thought more of my children to just have and invite anybody around because men are very interesting creatures um uh, <laughs> Girl. One of the things that I loved about John Henderson, uh, I think when I was, I know when I was a child, um, a lot of things happened in homes that was never spoke on. Mm-hmm. And 
you had aunts and uncles and stepfathers and people touching kids that um, weren't theirs. Right. And so I had to be mindful of who was around my children because I'd kill you if you touched mine. <laughs> And so John would always greet Keisha and Eric, and then he would, they would kiss him on his forehead. No, she, he kissed us on yeah. our forehead. So what I had to do, I would have to put, I had bangs at the time. Mama got me big old burly bangs like yeah. James Brown. Hey! Yeah. Yeah, I was looking like that. And so I'd have to push him back. And so he would, you know, greet us but like he was, that. He it was, wasn't nothing. And then, okay, so fast forward to like fifth grade. This is from my, my life. This is, that's when you met David. Right. David is I don't even know if I really explained that yeah I had to because Uncle Jimmy had been on yeah. the show before so David's my stepdad that's that's what we're gonna call him yeah. because I'm we met they started dating when I was in the fifth grade I remember walking up to you know how little kids are anybody that pay you attention so I walked up to him and I'm, I was like you know hey this is David I'm like yeah whatever hey you want to come to my graduation like I'm just trying to hey we out here fell and so like we I felt like we instantly bonded from that point and he it was he he it was he wasn't like trying to come in on some stepdaddy stuff right. that's not how he approached right. us it was you know I am dating your mom I would like to you know get to know you guys but it wasn't he didn't do it in a way that was like forceful it right. was like it was organic it became natural so when he saw that you know me and Tony play video games and you know Tony's stuff is a little more complicated to get into but he you know they call me Rick I'm I'll give right. that. So he would be in my room, and I have like a what a Nintendo sixty four yeah. or whatever the first Xbox. He'd be playing two K or something or NBA Live, and he'd be like, "Look, Rick got the got the you know such and such. I got Doctor J with the hook shot. Like he, David taught a lot just <laughs> music wise. Like he's a part of the reason why I'm you know my music's always loud when I'm in the car because you would hear David." coming from yes. the corner like yes. that's how my man's was yes. pulling up you yes. you knew like i would run downstairs and unlock the back door because i knew where he was coming to right. i yeah. heard him coming i when we get in the car with him and he's banging the outcast or the you know um <clears throat> a tribe called quest it was always something so that fed into who i a part of who i am now right. and being with you know being that who david was and the kind of man that he was he his family of course was like just openly and accepting of us as you know bonus i guess not even a step just a bonus and i remember um when granny passed and i you know we lost grandma annie uh when i was like eight or something like that and granny passed in oh nine eight oh eight oh eight and so i remember looking at grandma margaret and being like so i guess you're gonna be my you my next granny i, I need another granny like i was i'm the girl that i needed a mama and i needed my granny like i was I was up under my mom. I, I'm I'm a mama's girl. Like when I was a kid, I ain't, I didn't want to go nowhere. I don't. If my my siblings weren't there, my friends weren't my cousins. Like if it was nobody that I didn't know, I'm like, yeah, nah. Can you just take me back to my granny's house? Because yeah. <laughs> then my mama gonna get me from there. If it was if it wasn't mama, it was granny. I just needed that kind of and I and that probably was because of the state that you were in right. when you were carrying me that's the reason why i've been i I was so like oh i gotta i'm gonna attach myself to this because it was something that i knew to be for sure it's gone my mama is always gonna be there 
in some shape or form. My granny was always, she's still here. Right. And so, like, all of those things, that that's part, play, playmaking and who how you become, like, as an adult. Right. I feel like all of that plays a part. Like, you would think that, you know, all these people that you come across and you interact with wouldn't have that much of an effect on you. But they do. Yeah. They really do. Like, all my uncles, my aunts and stuff. Even in, like, you know, your friends and past and friends that's come, friends that's gone. Like, there's something that if they were around I I took something from them like even if it was like I right, I ain't doing that. Oh okay, well that's that's cool. Maybe that. Right. Okay, that looks cool. Oh, okay, well I'll look into that. So you I feel like as from our my perspective, I, you did a great job. And I appreciate it because, you know, I used to question myself and beat up on myself raising my children because I was a single parent and uh I had siblings that, you know, had a mother and a father in the household, and I just sometimes felt like there were things that I was not able to do financially for my kids, and, you know, my kids basically told me that, you know, mama, you you didn't miss it, you know, birthdays, Christmas, all of those things were on point, so it's good to know uh, I'm proud. Uh, like I said, my kids are not perfect, but they're mine. And you know, people say, "Well, uh, your kids cuss a lot." Um, hey, and what's your fucking point? <laughs> I mean, uh, my that mouth is worse shit that I could be my out here. My mouth is is some, can be something else. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm hey. trying to nah, be better. Stop it! Stop but, it! But the stop word it. says, "What I want to do, evil is always, always present. present." So because evil is always present. Uh, you know, I'm in the car riding with my granddaughter, and she's like, "Yeah, Granny." I said, "I, I honey, I already know." And I'm, and I don't have road rage. I just need people to do better. And um, yeah, slightly got it. You and Keith got it. Yeah, but I got to do better because um, people are crazy today, right? And, and you know, so incidents for I, real. My part-time job, uh, I come in contact with a lot of officers, and they said, "Jackie." Uh, don't blow your horn at nobody, you know, uh, don't make eye contact. When you pull up to the gas station to get gas, lock your other door mm-hmm. because folks are sliding in and taking purses out of cars. Yeah. And I just told my uh, my other daughter that. And she's like, well, no, but but we it's, it's things that we don't think about. Yeah. And they're not going to take it and slam your door. They're going to ease right. the door shut. Yeah. And so somebody said, uh, well, I don't carry money anyway. But if that key fob is in your purse guess and what? they got your purse, guess you what? You stuck like Chuck. So <laughs> you need to be mindful of stuff like that. So information that I gather from people that I come in contact with, I try to share it because, you know, like I said, I just believe that you give people more information and more tools and you can better make decisions. Uh, Just telling somebody not to do this or not to do that, that's not... uh, They don't solve anything. Like You have to actually, like, explain why... That's not go- that's not gonna happen. Like that's not a good. And we thing. just have to do better at raising our kids. You know, I was at church and a lady came up and said, "This girl uh, beat up one of our deacon's wives." What? And so sitting there in the sanctuary, I said, "I'd have fucked that child." Up. <laughs> yeah, in front of the cross. I'm sorry, but he knew that it was coming. It's real. And you know, because it said, you know, she he the the student blacked her eye and was on top of her. And I said, here's the thing with me. That's why I work where I work. 
Yes, my stuff can transfer to JCPS, but I look, I look good in orange, man. but I'm not trying to wear it every day because oh, I will fuck a kid up. Straight up. And then I said, after I fuck up his ch- this child, then I'm going to have to fight the parent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm about to be Mike Tyson out here. I'm about to fight you know, the whole world. So, I'm like, <laughs> if you know that your kid is a bully at home and then your kid goes to school, what do you think that child's going to do? You're not there. Kids, <laughs> parents need to do You're better. Uh, you need to raise your kids. I, you know, if they called and told me, you know, well, Keisha and Erica did such and such and such and such. And I'm like, okay. Well, then I had to talk to them. And I I was never that parent that thought that my kids were too, excuse me, too good to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. What I believed is what I believed from Maddie Johnson. I never stole anything. Right. I never showed my ass to the point of getting suspended at school. I did show my ass at school a couple <laughs> times, but you, there was levels. It's levels, and, to this, and you right. knew if you crossed this next level, they was gonna call Maddie. Mm-hmm. I, I'd rather walk through hell and gas and withdrawals <laughs> than to, than to have them to call my mom. So, but kids do not fear their parents today. Right, the parents be fearing, and that goes back y'all to the top of the show. Y'all got life all fucked I'm up. Like, how you carry somebody? I'm not carrying, and I've said this. And then I, I've never been to jail. I don't have a record, but I've told anybody that will listen. I will fuck up a kid, be handcuffed, and take me downtown. Because there's no way that you could carry something for nine months. And here's the thing: we as Americans need to do better. Me spanking my child ain't shit. Now, me punching her, punching her as a kid—that's that's different. Because that's abuse. That's a. Di- but see, here's the thing: we were abused yeah. as kids. Yeah, we we got beat with everything and anything that was handy. But the, today's kids are soft because now it's corporal punishment. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta beat a child's ass to so let them know, know real, this real. is not going to. Because fly. if you, I feel like if you don't do it as a parent, the world gonna do it, and it's, it's like you might as well, you know. Boy, you t- and and I I told I, I'll tell this story and I keep telling. I was in Target one day, and my daughter was working there, and I was it was during the summer. School had just let out, and there was a and there was a white mom with her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend, and so they're in the next aisle, and the mom is trying to pick out stuff, you know, because Becky's getting ready to go to to college, and so the daughter said, "Mom, you're such a fucking bitch." Mm-mm. And I, you know, and I stood there for a minute because I know I, she get ready to get fucked up. <laughs> ready for the drop. She didn't say anything. So I moved a little bit more in my aisle. <laughs> and then I heard the boyfriend tell her, you shouldn't talk to your mom like that. Your mama should And I was said. like, wow. So my dumb ass, <laughs> I went around the aisle and I walked past the mom and I said, I think I thought I was saying it in my head, but I said, is that what we do now? <laughs> Because I promise you, love my children to death. If them motherfuckers had said that shit to me, death would have been it that day. The next step. Fuck that shit. You know, but we allow, there's different parentings in white families and black families. Mm But we need to do better with raising our children because I told and I tell everybody, I said, those are, that's one thing I would go downtown for because I'm not going to carry anybody for nine months and then y'all tell me that, that I can't yeah. discipline them. But right. then when they're old enough and they fuck up and they're standing before you, now you won't do no, you can't that's have it good. both ways. Yeah. And so I think parents need to be better 
it's it's okay to spoil your kids and give your kids things, but it's also important for them to learn how to earn something. And get it for themselves. Because I think you set your kids up for failure if you give them everything and then they become adults and, and heaven forbid they can't measure up and get a decent job to continue what you have started. That's called enabling. And then they come back to you and say that you fucked up. Fuck you. <laughs> no, it's that's that's wrong. But we need to do better as parents. Spirit Maddie. I knew good and damn well if I'd have put a piece of gum in my pocket, she was going to tear a knot at my ass. Right. So therefore, I didn't do it. And when my mother told us as, as teenagers, and she said, I'm not pawning nothing. I'm not hocking nothing. She meant it. The house ain't going now, to my brother, <laughs> my brother, my brother didn't believe the fat meat was greasy. Yeah. So, you know, Carl did several things. When Carl was a little kid, Carl took a butcher knife to elementary school. Nuts. And when they called him, he said he he bought the knife to school to cut his sandwich. Nigga, what? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, what he threw me through canopy that? beds. Uh, we were on the front porch because, you know, we lived on 28th and, and uh, Dumanil. And mm. we had a nice porch. And we sit out on the porch talking, cutting up his kids. And so the conversation took a turn and he didn't like what was said. So as he's deciding to leave, my older siblings are crazy. <laughs> and so uh, my brother Carl is walking across the street. My sister Pat picked up an ashtray and she hurled it across the street at him and it hit the heel of his shoe. Oh, shoot. When I tell you, you would have thought niggas' asses was on fire <laughs> because he turned around and he Quick. looked enraged and so we ran jumped you know ran in the house locked the door nah. you know that motherfucker <laughs> picked up the chair that was sitting on the front porch and threw it through the front window wow. so we had to call my mom at work Carl done broke uh, the front. Huh? Well, see what happened Ooh. was uh, Carl picked up the chair and threw it through the window. And she, shit, it was like she flew home because she was here at home in a matter of minutes. I bet she didn't say nothing to her boss and that she was. She they knew got home and they used, we used to have a store called A and P. She put his shit in some A and P sacks and told him to get his black ass out of <laughs> her house and go live with your daddy. And that's what he did. But he knew. Yeah. She wasn't putting up with that shit. And he could go to my daddy and my daddy would, you know, my my father never whooped any of the girls. You know, he he would whoop the the boys, you know. And and back then you got butt a hole naked <laughs> ass whoopings. You know, so and my father would make them strip down and lay across the bed because, you know, I had, you know, three or four brothers and it was easy to beat everybody's ass laying across the everybody bed with a belt. Everybody get this one foul swoop. Right. But my mom, you know, she would whoop us and then, you know, I remember in high school, um, last day of school, it was a concert, Graham Central Station, uh the Commodore, just a whole bunch of folks. And we went to the concert, me and my stepsister Coco. And so we were out there. And back then, we used to get backstage all the time. So Yeah, she got A, A, pause. Because Mama, A, okay, photo album. Mama, Mama done met some styles. Like, it, she wasn't lying when she said it's easy to get backstage. Don't you got pictures with Natalie Cole? Natalie Cole, Sister Sledge, yeah. Lenny Williams. Like, come on, yeah. Phil. Uh, Lenny Williams. Come on, Phil. Yeah, Mama. Hey, and also, 
like again about the photo albums mama had whores too like I, I seen all them niggas like the niggas was cold back in the G I was like yeah like I, I get it and then I see my uncles and I'm like okay this makes sense because you know as a kid you looking like <clears throat> Man, I'm old. like they've been old the whole time. Right. Old ass niggas, like, no, you see the picture of me, like, okay, right, okay, like Uncle Butch. Right. I was like, okay, I get it, yeah, because yeah, he 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 was cold back in the day. Uncle Carl, all of them was they looked nice right. and the way that the men dressed and stuff, it was different. Right. So it was it looked like, oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. nice. We had some nice ones. So but, with the concert, you know, we went we went to a part after party. Uh, got to start to getting late. And I'm like, Coco, we need to leave. So by now it's about three o'clock, and so my stepfather and mother were all over the city of Louisville looking for us. And so Coco's responsible. We already in trouble. We might as well go and go for it. So we did. And so when we finally got home, like I said, it was the last day of school. My mother, we were grounded for six months. So we were grounded throughout the whole summer when school started back. And so my mother used to create jobs. And so one of the things she had us doing, she gave us a butter knife and made us get outside in the in the heat of the summertime and pick grass out the sidewalk cracks. <laughs> and any of our friends that saw us outside, you know, they run over, hey, and she said, uh-uh, uh-uh, take your black ass away from here. <laughs> She said, because they are on punishment for six months. My mother didn't try to sugarcoat it. She didn't try to say, y'all can't come over. She just came right out and said it. So needless to say, when school started back up, that was the joke of the, of, of the first day of school. You know, Jackie and Coco, they on punishment for six months. And they picking grass. At, yeah. So that taught me. I don't want to be embarrassed like that no more. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck that shit. I'm not going... But, you know, we stayed out late. But, of course, the next time I stayed out late, I was an adult. So, you know, that made it a difference. But you didn't get none of them scares back, did you, with us? No. You want to know why? Why? Because you, cause you uprooted where where we could have, and but where we are, where where it is now was too, too difficult. This, like, okay, we used to stay downtown. That's how I describe it. I say East End because it was East Muhammad yes. Ali. But, so, East End, downtown... Clarksdale that's Clarksdale it was one of Louisville's premier projects it's Clarksdale Smoketown uh, Shepherd Square uh, Butrell uh, no Southwick Southwick yeah God knows all that stuff so in, in the 90s this was this is game time Bloods Crips all that stuff so around around 7th grade which was like 13 for me Mama was like, yeah, enough of the enough of the hood life. Basically, she's that, that's it. Damn it, I'm sick of it. We lived on the main street. It was so easy to get to us. Everybody, if you was literally in the neighborhood, you could literally, you know, hey, I stop about to say now where she took us. I I still don't know how this realtor found this house because it's so in the cut. Like guys, like I said earlier, you got to think we had actual internet, so you had to actually get on like MapQuest. To like print out where okay where am I going and then you had to look at a piece of paper okay you turn turn left you turn right so it's not as accessible as everything is now so that's why I'm like it really speaks to the kind of people that we became based on our just the environment side of it because growing up just being down there as kids and growing up around that and at the teenage. Just being like, yo, this could like progressively get like bad. 
really quick. Like, because you don't know, like, which side you would have went. Are you going to go, oh, you know, I'm going to be, you know, let me stay tight to my, my morals right. and stuff like that. Or am I going to get influenced by what my homegirls is doing? And I feel like if if we would have stayed down there, it would have been more of the homie influence then. Because we, we was all the way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. nobody was stopping by. It wasn't a whole bunch of kids in the neighborhood. So it wasn't like, oh, we can just play with them. And then it was... It was none of that. So, yeah. No, and it was a good move. Uh, I mean, we had an hour. You want, we can wrap up because we had an hour. We have, three. you know, we got, um, we had the first Habitat house. And, um, you know, it was, it was, everything was good where we needed, where we needed to be. You stayed there for five years and then you, you sold and you moved. And I'm, I, I probably would have had a whole, slew full of grandchildren had me you know what I'm saying like that shit could have went either <laughs> way but like like we said you know God does everything he does. decent and even when we don't understand I appreciate you mom for you I know, appreciate you too being I, you know, open I am, to this I am very blessed and very fortunate uh, I'm proud of all of my children uh, as much as they are alike they have their own different personalities uh it was funny that I never knew that Keisha could sing. Yep. Until, you know, one day <laughs> at church she she bellowed out and I was like, Who is that? Yeah, good. And then I never knew that my son could rap. <laughs> and then, you know, he was he's writing songs and Putting he's rapping and I was like and Erica was that child. Erica was that shy child. And Erica had no problem telling you that you hurt her feelings. Yeah, that ain't happening no um, more though. <laughs> I went kids. to one uh, parent-teacher conference, and the teacher was like, "Well, you know, Erica is so quiet, and you know, we would really like for her to come out of her shell." I said, and a couple of week, And a couple <laughs> of weeks passed, and the teacher was calling me. Uh, is it any way she can go back? No. See, I see, said, "No." Y'all said that y'all wanted this. This is so what you. This is what you want. You done pulled her out of her shell, so it is what it the is. The only way to get me back in, you got to throw a rock at me, and I'm lobbying that whole family. You know, like, so yeah. you know, she found her voice, and in finding her voice. It gave her confidence and all of the things that she's done with her podcast and, and, and her podcast with the guys, you know, it's put her out there. It's given her more confidence to to talk to people, to stand up and do things. Uh, all of my kids have uh, my weird, uh, quirky um how can I say it? I mean, they all crazy as hell. Hey, hold on. Um, but their personalities, and, and like I said, they're very good people, and I'm very proud of, of each one of them, and I'm uh, happy that she allowed me to come on her show and share some of uh, our life experiences. Yeah, we just give a little insight, because a lot of people don't, they think, like, you know, this whole thug and the, the right. red they, they take that as like I'm, I'm putting on or something right. like that but what people don't realize is like all of that's in here yeah all of it the heart the soft the, and, and the I unsure pick up, you know, I'm 60 years old but I, I pick up and I learn so many things from my kids and girl that at work was retiring uh, early part of last year 
And so they were going around the room and anybody that has any stories or anything and everybody's talking and there wasn't a dry fucking eye in the room and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? I said, this is a good thing that she's retiring. Yeah. So I heard Eric. I said, there's not a thug in the room. <laughs> I said, ain't none of y'all. Ain't nobody Ain't, ain't no thugs. Ain't nobody no. Everybody's man. all weird. She's crazy. She and I was like, I said, so let me tell y'all something. <laughs> in two years, when it's my time, y'all better not be fuck that shit. Cause we gonna party like it's 1999. I am done. Done. Gone. Done. Y'all got some funny stories. Tell the funny stories, but understand that we know she's just no, no. Tears of joy, please. That's it. That's the only tears that's gonna be shed. Cause somebody said, yeah, you gonna retire, you gonna cry. Okay, let that be it. Right. I'm crying because I'm finally fucking free. That that's the real tears when you retire. It's like I ain't gotta get up, I ain't gotta work no more. Mm-hmm. Throw my stuff. clock away, and y'all can kiss my. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. Listen, yeah. it's the block. They they done heard far worse than this. Y'all y'all know how we do. It's done been graphic, all kind of stuff, the girl talk, all of that. I appreciate you, mom, for you know being candid and open and sharing stories. I mean, this is what I really wanted well, to do, and I, I was afraid because I know you, you I mean, know, because our conversations could go. Yeah, and we don't. We just we just we talking and stuff. So you know you don't want to give like too much detail, but you still have to do the show with your aunts. Oh, I'm gonna do a show with That's the aunts. I feel hilarious. like that it would be really colorful. But you know the the most colorful one it'll probably be would be with the cousins. Just yeah. depending on how I break it down, how I want to do it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You got you know got Tyronisms. You got. You know, chew chewology. Ooh, mm, okay. see, you got right. I can do. I can literally right. do like college yeah. choruses break yeah. down based on just my my first cousins. Like there's yeah. Jeff. I don't know what Jeff's thing would. Be. It's something. It's gonna be fiery. Jeff's a militant. It's gonna be angry. It's gonna be. Yeah. No, we don't take no shit. Where right. Tyrone is more like when I start recording these Tyrone isms, and I'm 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 trying to get on it. But when I start recording, and y'all hear this shit. I've been hearing this shit since I got here. You know what I'm saying? Like the way the way that Tyrone we call them Tyrone is was because they only make sense to Tyrone. And it's only something that Tyrone would say. Like it doesn't have no rhyme or reason or any understanding. And that's literally Tyrone. And then choose like, yeah, that's Michael and Yeah, it it could go it could go on and on. What song am I gonna put on? I think Yeah, I'm gonna go Tupac. Um, before I get out of here, I am working on something. Everybody, make sure y'all pay close attention. Give me like to my birthday. We gonna launch some new stuff. I'm I'm going in a new venture. We gonna see where I can carry the block next and make sure that you know everything is intact. Uh, also, I might be shutting down my personal social medias to up and work through my podcast social medias. But you know, I'll keep you posted till then. Y'all are more than welcome to follow me. Angelina Jolie everywhere at Twitter. My IG's private now. I might unlock it again. I don't know. But it's just, it's something that, you know, we're doing. So, thanks for listening. I'm out. Hi. 
Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings. Every time you go. Field trip. HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices.